So hi and welcome back to the Story of Software podcast. Today we're going to talk about technology and philanthropy and we're joined by Alex Wilson, co-founder of The Giving Block. Alex, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Thanks for having me on today. I'm looking forward to this. I am too. Um, it's an area that we wanted to look at on this podcast for a while. Alex, we've invited you because of your background uh, in management consulting, specifically pertaining to strategies around emerging technologies and really in relation to your expertise around Bitcoin, crypto and how that can be leveraged and utilized uh, by nonprofits. So maybe to kick off with Alex, you could tell us a little bit about what you think the importance of technology is for, for the nonprofit world. Yeah, absolutely. So I think technology is, you know, just as important or maybe even more important for nonprofits than it is for, you know, your traditional business. Fortunately, I think nonprofits tend to, to lag behind a little bit. Uh, when it comes to technology, they, they maybe aren't quite as innovative. And, and part of that is, I think, because they're a little more risk averse. Um, but ultimately, we're hoping to change that. You know, and I think crypto um, is going to play a big role in that. You know, nonprofits, from my perspective, I think need to think and operate more like a business than when they usually do. So one of those things to do that is, is going to be taking advantage of some of the newer technologies out there to make sure they're, they're keeping up with the trends. Because even though they aren't, you know, selling a traditional product, like a software product or a physical product, you know, their product is their mission, essentially, and their customers are their donors. So their donors are going to expect the nonprofit to be keeping up with the times and, and using technology correctly, I guess, is a, a short way of putting it. <laughs> Great. And Alex, could you tell us a little bit about The Giving Block? So this is a company that you co-founded and, as far as I understand it, it enables nonprofits to obtain crypto donations, right? Yeah, exactly. So the quick backstory is, you know, with the cryptocurrency market really booming the last you know, handful of years, especially, basically noticed people and, and traders and investors wanting to donate Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies but not being able to find many nonprofits that knew how to accept it. And I happened to have a, a good friend from college who was working at a nonprofit, and I was the one with the, the crypto background. So for lack of a better word, I was the crypto guy. He was the nonprofit guy. And we combined our, our experiences and knowledge to create the first easy way for nonprofits to be able to accept Bitcoin and cryptocurrency donations. So could you tell us specifically like how your how your product works and how do you interact with nonprofits in relation to the product? Yeah, sure. So we work directly with the nonprofits in the sense that we set them up with a software basically that allows them to seamlessly accept cryptocurrency donations and to them it feels like getting any other type of donation. We have a feature that if they want they can opt have all of their cryptocurrency donations automatically converted to U.S. dollars, for example. So they don't have to worry about you know any volatility or, or manual processes. And then they can transfer over the U.S. dollars to their bank account and use them like they normally would. And on the donor side, you know, there's a pretty straightforward fundraising platform and donation widget for donors. You know, they can choose a cause. They can choose which cryptocurrency they want to donate. Um, and once they send their donation, they'll even get an automatic tax receipt emailed to them. Cool. And when you're speaking with nonprofits, what's the level of education around crypto that you're finding among the organizations you're speaking with when the conversation begins, right before you start that educating process? 
Yeah. So, you know, usually the first conversation where we're starting from pretty much zero, <laughs> I would say it's similar to if you stop someone on the street and ask them what they know about Bitcoin, they've probably, you know, heard about heard about Bitcoin, maybe seen a couple headlines. So a ton of our work, especially in the beginning, is on the educational front, you know, working through misconceptions. As you can imagine, there's there's still quite a few skeptics out there but definitely less skeptics every day now that you see some of these larger companies like JP Morgan and other big banks entering the space. Very good. Uh, in terms of the general, I suppose, utilization of technology across nonprofits, how would you how would you describe that and what do you think the opportunities are for nonprofits outside of crypto donations? Yeah. So if we if we compare crypto to, let's say, credit card donations, nonprofits were, were pretty slow to adopt credit card donations compared to sort of, you know, general, you know, e-commerce solutions on the web. So, you know, 15 years ago, not every nonprofit necessarily even accepted credit card donations yet, which, which seems kind of crazy looking back. But now, of course, you know, they pretty much all do. And we think, you know, cryptocurrency donations are going to follow a relatively similar path. Right now, very few nonprofits accept cryptocurrency donations. You know, as a broader group, it's it's probably just one or two percent of them or even less. But we think it's going to follow a similar path where this probably takes, I don't know, at least 10 more years from here before it really becomes common for all nonprofits to be accepting cryptocurrency donations. And we see those kind of like long periods of adoption, I think, playing out across a lot of different technologies, including other emerging tech like AI and blockchain, even some cloud solutions and things like that. Alex, I'd like to ask you about ways in which technology has been used for grading nonprofits or for allowing donors to identify the kind of nonprofits that they want to, to give to. So what's your sense of how technology has been useful in that context so far? And is it reliable? And, you know, if we're living in a world where you can be grading, I suppose, NGOs and nonprofits, is that a good thing? And is it going well from your perspective? Yeah, overall, I mean, everything and every organization is becoming, I think, you know, whether they like it or not, more accountable and more transparent just by the nature of the Internet. Right. <laughs> For example, there's a lot of great sites out there that, you know, uh, you know, review nonprofits. Some examples are GuideStar and Charity Navigator. And by the very nature of how nonprofits are set up, they're actually quite transparent, especially when it comes to financials. I mean, in the U.S., for example, every nonprofit files what is called a 990. And you can see line by line, you know, what their revenue was, their expenses, what people are getting paid. I would say surprisingly transparent. The one downside I would say to it is that people who aren't necessarily that familiar with the nonprofit industry, I think sometimes emphasize or focus on the wrong areas. So one thing we're seeing across the nonprofit industry is this idea that some donors want 100% of their donation to go to a, a specific program or project um, and don't want to allow for any overhead costs, which is, of course, pretty unrealistic. You have to have some overhead costs. These nonprofits need to hire people. They, they need to pay for, for software, just like any other company would. Uh, they, they are naturally going to have expenses. And I think we need to get rid of the idea that nonprofits should just be taking in a dollar and handing it to someone else. We should really be paying them to innovate and finding more 
effective ways to deliver longer-term aid. Alex, what's your opinion in terms of uh, what compensation structures should look like within nonprofits? Because I think that might be where some of the controversy emerges from. And I know that in Ireland, for example, there was significant controversy in recent years about executive pay within some nonprofits. And I guess you have something similar happening in the US. Do you think that the nonprofit sector should be competing with the private sector in terms of, of compensation packages? Yeah, I, I think it has to. And I think Pat, my co-founder, and I talk about this all the time. The nonprofit industry should absolutely be an industry where high-performing people can make a lot of money. I mean, we, of course, want the smartest people to be solving the issues that nonprofits are addressing. And if we want those solutions to come as quickly as possible, we need to make sure we have as many smart people as possible working on those problems. And in order to do that, you need to attract them with competitive salary and, and overall compensation. So it's sometimes frustrating to see you know, people outraged when they see maybe a, a CEO of a billion dollar nonprofit earning a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, which to them may have actually been a big pay cut compared to what they were doing before. But, you know, people think of nonprofits as if they expect everyone to work for free. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. And I was speaking about this with a, a co-worker recently. And the conclusion I was reaching is that if you if you really limit executive pay within nonprofits, you're actually limiting those who can participate in those roles to like the independently wealthy. So then the only people who can run nonprofits are like rich folks and they don't necessarily have maybe the right level of empathy for the role that they're doing or understanding for, for the types of positions that they have. So it's quite a complicated topic, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you really nailed it there where you don't want it to be only people who are already wealthy that are, that are able to take a pay cut and run the nonprofits, right? You should be able to build a great career and make a great living by working in the nonprofit industry only. Um, it shouldn't be a prerequisite that you've already made a billion dollars and then you come into this industry. <laughs> Alice, in terms of the, the nonprofits that your company supports, do you see any overlap or have you ever thought about looking at any data about how those organizations are growing in terms of, let's say, turnover and revenue versus the, the average within the sector. And the reason I ask that question is I'm suspecting that the types of organizations that are going to get ahead of the curve and start accepting crypto donations may well be outperforming the average within the sector. And uh, I'd be very interested to know whether that's the case, whether the more forward-looking and technology-enabled nonprofits are, are, are getting ahead of, uh, of those that are maybe not moving as quickly. Yeah, so I don't have a ton of hard data on it, but, you know, I can kind of anecdotally tell that it at least seems that way, that, you know, these more forward-thinking nonprofits are, are doing better. Um, you know, last year in particular, of course, was a really tough year for a lot of nonprofits with the issues of COVID around the world, especially because, as you can imagine, a lot of nonprofits rely on in-person physical events for fundraising like galas and charity walks. And those nonprofits that lost that revenue had to adapt really quickly. So those ones who were ready to shift digitally and, and you know, kind of went all in on digital ended up doing really well. We have lots of clients who actually had record years last year. So there's going to always be ones that perform better than others. And, and part of that is being adaptable and, and keeping up with technology. It definitely plays a huge role. 
Interesting. And Alex, another question I have for you is, have you noticed any correlation between the price of Bitcoin and the propensity of people to donate with crypto? Yeah, definitely. But it's not as straightforward as you would expect. So, you know, when we started this, I thought there would be kind of proportional increases in donations with the increasing price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. But it doesn't seem quite that straightforward, but there's definitely a, a connection. So in general, as the market prices go up, we are seeing more donations. But an interesting thing is, I think a bigger thing is actually volatility. You know, so on days when things are really volatile, we tend to see less donations. And when things kind of flatten out and find stability, I think is when people are, are more thinking about selling some crypto and donating some crypto. So it's been interesting to see that, you know, we'll have to keep collecting more data, but the high level, yes, the, the increasing price of cryptocurrency does lead to more donations, but it's, it's not necessarily too simple once you get into the, the details. <laughs> That's interesting. Maybe I'm, I'm kind of missing the obvious here, but why do you think that that volatility has, a, has an impact? What do you think is the kind of psychological reason that people kind of hold back a little bit in that context? Yeah, so I think if it's a day where Bitcoin is, you know, let's say up 10% in a day, a lot of people will be thinking, okay, you know, I'm just going to wait a couple more days. It's going to keep going. <laughs> uh, once, it, once it kind of flattens out, then I'm going to, you know, sell some, donate some, that kind of mindset. Or flip side, if it's down 10%, they're like, ooh, ouch, you know, like uh, that kind of hurt. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait a day for things to, to bounce back before I make a donation. Interesting. Uh, Alex, I read a, an interesting report from Boston Consulting Group before we started recording today, and it outlined that um, tech billionaires are giving away far more money than they were even 10 years ago. And I wondered to what extent, I suppose, the volume of newly minted millionaires from the crypto world is is contributing to this. And do you have any sense around, like, are folks that made a lot of money from Bitcoin or crypto in general are they quite likely to start donating to the nonprofit sector? Yeah, I mean, so far we've been very, you could say, pleasantly surprised with the generosity of the crypto community. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of these, you know, newly minted billionaires or, or multi-multi-millionaires have been quite generous. We've seen huge multi-million dollar gifts. And we've seen some founders and CEOs of crypto companies even commit a majority of their wealth to charitable causes. Many of the big companies have their own charitable initiatives that support nonprofits directly or work with us to support nonprofits. And, you know, we actually see quite a bit of the donation volume coming from companies and not just individuals, which is great to see. You know, crypto as an industry is a little bit newer. So up until recently, some of these companies weren't big enough or mature enough to be at the point of having formal sort of corporate social responsibility strategy. But now that things have grown quite a bit, a lot of these companies are coming to us and asking, what's the best way for us to support XYZ cause or, or category of cause? You know, should we do employee matching? Should we match donations to this cause directly? I mean, basically coming to us for advice and, and guidance for that, because I think in a lot of cases, since this is relatively younger people, they don't have necessarily existing relationships with nonprofits, like some of your more traditional CEOs and, you know, let's say finance would, since they tend to be a little bit earlier in their careers. 
Alex, another area I'd like to ask you about is, are there any specific causes where nonprofits operating in that area are more likely to take crypto? Or is like, are you guys getting any signals that basically says maybe children's causes that the charities in that sector are more maybe technology enabled and more likely to embrace crypto early? Or is it just pretty random from what you're seeing so far? So I I would say it's becoming more random and sort of more spread evenly across the different categories. In the beginning, it was very, very heavily focused on tech-driven nonprofits that are teaching kids to code, for example, things like that. They were definitely the early adopters. And then after that, I would say some of the larger nonprofits were, were some of the early adopters as well. And now it's really sort of normalized, I would say, in terms of the types of causes that are accepting donations. Although I will say in terms of our client base, there are quite a few high performing nonprofits that are related to, you know, helping kids around the world. A couple of examples would be groups like Save the Children, No Kid Hungry, SOS Children's Villages. Those kinds of groups have, have tended to do pretty well. That's really interesting. And, you know, I, I guess the flip side of that is, are crypto donors more attracted to particular causes? Like you mentioned, you know, things like, you know, Save the Children and, and causes around child welfare in general. Uh, are there other areas that seem to be popular among those who are holding crypto and want to donate through crypto? Yeah, I think the ones related to technology are going to continue to be popular. For example, one of our groups, Code to Inspire which has a a school in Afghanistan teaching young girls how to code, um, and in some cases even teaching them about cryptocurrency and blockchain. Those, of course, are going to have some some natural alignment because part of the incentive for some of these donors, too, for causes like that is they want to continue to support the development and adoption of cryptocurrency. So any cause that can be doing something about crypto or, or even technology more broadly, I think is going to resonate more with the average crypto donor. Very good. Alex, we kind of touched on this very briefly earlier. You spoke about, you know, the difficulty some organizations had over the past year. So how have you seen COVID impact the philanthropy sector? Yeah, so COVID was a big catalyst when it came to, you know, pushing nonprofits to become more digital. And we definitely noticed the impact on our business from more nonprofits that were suddenly interested in cryptocurrency donations as a way to diversify their revenue and offset some of that lost revenue from having to cancel, let's say, for example, in-person events. So many nonprofits, I think, have kind of delayed some of those digital plans. And this was a, a huge catalyst for them to start having, you know, a virtual gala, you know, pushing more of their donors to donate online, those sorts of things. So I, I think it's really sped things up that were already in motion, but maybe they're, they're happening, you know, a year or two earlier than they would have otherwise. Uh, the last question I have for you, Alex, do you see any other ways that technology is going to be impacting the philanthropy space going forward? Yeah, I mean, overall, I, I think they'll begin to catch up with sort of the for-profit sector when it comes to technology. Um, I, I think that that trend is going to accelerate. And I think in general, just like it's making businesses more efficient, it's going to make nonprofits more efficient too. So I think in general, productivity will continue to increase, whether it's because of cryptocurrency and blockchain or or something else. Technology has done a lot of amazing things. And I think that rate of change is going to continue to to make everyone happier, more productive, 
and, and ultimately solve a lot of issues. So things are definitely, I think, trending in the right direction, despite all the kind of craziness happening around the world. Technology has still played a, a huge role, I think, in helping make things better overall. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to actually ask one last question, if you don't mind, Alex, which is, can you see um, a way in which technology could be used to validate and, and prove that nonprofits are utilizing funding in the way in which they, they claim? Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think cryptocurrencies will play a role in that. You know, for example, Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies broadly are the most transparent form of money ever created. So not just for nonprofits, but for governments, for businesses, it's going to play a huge role when it comes to transparency. So for example, let's say you donate, I don't know, $100 in Bitcoin, you could, for example, maybe see where that nonprofit transfers that $100 of Bitcoin. Maybe they're sending it to someone in Nigeria to, to build a well or, or something like that. And you could, in some ways, verify that the funds were actually received. But I think it's really a kind of a cross-industry phenomenon that we'll see in terms of increased transparency and accountability. I think the best example of kind of thinking about that impact is imagining the government collected taxes on a transparent ledger, right? You send in your, your tax check and when they go to spend it, you can see how much money is going to every agency and that's all public and you can track every dollar that's being spent by the government. I mean, imagine that level of accountability. It's it almost sounds too good to be true, right? There's a, a lot of, I think, roadblocks that we put up before something like that happens, but it, it's pretty exciting to think about that sort of possibility in the future. It certainly is, and it, it is amazing to think that that capability already exists. So, Alex, I would just like to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really interesting to to discuss this topic with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Patrick, and uh, you know, looking forward to, to continuing the conversation. Great stuff. So production, as always, by Adnan Tukar and Albina Kristeva. And thanks again for joining us on the Story of Software podcast.